0: Hey, this is Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets, and you're listening to BT Talks Baseball on the 365
1: Sportscast Network. Take it away, Brett. Live from the launch
0: pad in Huntington, New York, it's BT Talks Baseball, presented by 915 Construction and Design, home of Handyman Express. Now, here's Brett Topel.
1: Joining me tonight is two time world champion Johnny Damon. Johnny, it's so great to have you back right here on BT Talks Baseball.
0: It's uh, great to be back, Brett. Uh, thanks for having me. And I hope you had a Merry Christmas. And hopefully, all the listeners had a Merry Christmas
1: as well. Absolutely. And I hope you did as well. And Johnny, I want to jump right in. I mean, Last time uh, we spoke about the Red Sox and the Yankees, and I know that's probably what people want to speak to you most, but I think often uh, it gets overlooked about how effective you were when you played in Kansas City, especially those last couple of seasons. Can we talk a little bit about the 2000 season when you you, know, you batted three twenty seven, you stole 46 bases to lead the league, you led the league with 136 runs? Is that when you really started feeling it?
0: Yeah, I sure did. And what happened during that season, I actually – pulled one of my uh, uh oblique muscles and i had to shorten up my swing and then you know i kept getting those base hits to left field and then once i started uh, feeling good i was able to turn on the ball and uh, to, um, do some damage but uh you know i realized that i didn't have to swing the bat so hard i used my legs a lot more i bunted it a bit more to you know make sure I got that base hit during the day and, and you know I didn't really go into any big slumps but I mean the, the records that I put together that year um I, I believe Charlie Blackman last year was uh the first guy to get uh, 20 hits in I, I believe in a four game or five game span and the last guy to do it was actually me in 2004 and then um Also me in 2000. So, I mean, I snuck up on a lot of people with my stats, especially what I was able to do in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, that's why I really thought I um, got hosed in the uh, Hall of Fame thing and not making it past the first year um, on the ballot because I had less than 5% of votes. And guys who got suspended by the league for (laughs) for performance-enhancing drugs and all that stuff, they are still on the ballot. And here, a guy who uh, played the game right, play the game fair, uh, you know, I'm off with those numbers. And there's going to be some guys who are going to get into the hole on the first ballot with less numbers, uh, less production numbers then,
1: uh, than I had. Absolutely. And, and, and you mentioned those production numbers. And in 2000, just sticking there, I mean, 46 stolen bases, 136 runs scored to lead the league. I mean, stolen bases has always been a big part of your game. When you were going right, you were stealing bases. It's kind of a lost art this, uh, these days, don't you think?
0: Yeah, it, it most definitely is a lost art. But, you know, even when I didn't steal bases, I made that pitcher think. And that's why uh, in my entire career, the guys who hit behind me in the lineup they've always had career years so that's a stat that doesn't um, show up but those guys always had big years they would get their fastballs um you know they would get their rbis because i can score um on any type of base hit so um yeah we definitely made it work and um you know those boston teams i mean we uh with me leading off i mean I really set the tone for the guys like Big Poppy and Manny um, coming up after me.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the move to Boston. Of course, after Kansas City, you spend the one year in Oakland and you moved to Boston. Did you know right away, Johnny, when you got to Boston, how good that team was going to be?
0: Yeah, I I knew the team was going to be really good because they just added me as a free agent. They got rid of some guys they wanted to move. Um, I was in my prime. We had guys like Nomar, Trot Nixon. We had a really good team. Big Poppy wasn't um, he was just baby Poppy at the time. And uh, of course we had Manny. And yeah, we knew we were going to go on and jump some guys. We knew the Yankees actually probably had more depth um, in the pitching category and obviously the big superstars and the guys who really meant a lot to the Yankees, you know, like the Paul O'Neill's, uh, I believe he, he got five or six championships or something, uh, just a warrior out there, and Tina Martinez, and all these clutch guys. And that's where we actually needed to get um, be better clutch performers. And, you know, we finally were able to do so in 2004. Like, we, um, you know, Boston was always the team that would miss out on the playoffs. Um, something would always happen in the playoffs or, Uh, people would just think about the failures of Boston. And, you know, when I got there, I kind of said, you know, why are we so worried about the past, 1918? Let's go out, let's make our own destiny. And we started winning the minute I got there. And if it wasn't for a finger injury in 2002 um, that I got Um, starting back in the first base I mean we definitely would have made the playoffs in 2002 and we just missed it by a couple games but um, I wish I was healthy then 2003 I wish I didn't get that concussion which um, was totally unnecessary and totally my ball in center field and I felt like I was one of the hottest hitters in the league um, at that time.
1: One of the things, Johnny, that uh, people respect you for the most, in addition to all of your statistics and and your tough play day in and day out, was your competitive spirit, and that had to be a big part of the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. Of course, you you played on both sides of it, but but first in Boston, you know, you mentioned '02, you fell short. '03 was you know almost tragic the way you guys lost, and then '04. But can you talk about your competitiveness and and what that rivalry meant to your career?
0: Yeah, that rivalry was huge. I mean, I didn't know much about it going into it because I'm from the great state of Florida and I always thought the Gators and Seminoles was the biggest rivalry. And when I started hearing how serious um, fans and the media were getting over a spring training game, uh, oh, it's going to be a sold-out spring training game, exhibition game. And I'm going, what? why are they taking this thing so serious? And I found out very quickly, um, you know, the fans hate each other. Um, you know, the players really didn't mind each other. They uh, actually were um, – yeah, the fans were um, – they were enthused. But the players, we liked each other. We respected each other. But we wanted to beat the heck out of each other.
1: That 2004 season, Johnny, and you and I had spoken about the, the ALCS uh, several times. But can you just – you know – briefly encapsulate what that that ALCS and World Series meant to you and your teammates Uh, of course coming back that crazy comeback against the Yankees and then going on to to sweep the Cardinals
0: well I'm always going to be remembered for that Grand Slam and you know um, they don't talk much about me struggling at the beginning of um, that series but um, you know Game 7 was uh, my coming out party and I mean We just had so much momentum after that grueling um, championship series against the Yankees, and then we just – we felt good against St. Louis because we felt like we were uh, facing four similar type of pitchers uh, with Woody Williams. Um, I believe Chris Carpenter was hurt at the time, but he still pitched. um, Jeff Supon and Jason Marquis, the guys who threw – around 87 to 91, moved the ball around a little bit. So we felt very good going in against um, four right-handed pitchers, and um, our pitchers showed up. Um, Derek Lowe, Schilling, Pedro, they all showed up. And I mean, what a magical night. Um, going on the field with, you know, my um, future wife and, Uh, my future father-in-law and then we see Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon out there and it was just a uh, it was a nice party and got back to the hotel relaxed a little bit till the plane can get ready and then we pulled a all-nighter and the minute I landed in Boston I went out and played some golf and it was uh, it was a great day.
1: Certainly a great part of your career and then a few years later you end up playing for the Yankees and you're in the 09 World Series what was that like?
0: well it was a tough decision because i knew i was a fan favorite but i was just wasn't getting a contract from the red sox at the time they were the only ones who can talk to you for six weeks after the season i would go up and do a bunch of charity work and not a contract offer and you know i know it's a business and i know that the red sox uh, looked at a aging center fielder and they knew they had a young kid coming up um Jacoby Ellsbury, and it seems like center fielders are the n- ones who normally do end up moving. And then, you know, towards the end of um, my career, started playing the corner outfielder. So, I think Boston was kind of waiting to see um, if they can move Manny, if they can, um, you know, try to get me on a one-year deal. Like I went to Detroit, asked them um, because Lakeland was right down the street. Um, from for spring training, and they said, we would love to, but we have a young kid named Curtis Granderson. I was thinking about the Dodgers, and uh, they just signed for a call. So the Yankees and the Red Sox were the only two teams who needed a um, center fielder. And if I would have waited, um, the Yankees would have signed someone else, and then Boston, you know. They, they have me, like I have to sign a lesser one year deal and I wasn't going to leave all that money on the table and I knew it was tough. I respected the Yankees. I, you know, it's a short drive to the spring training for me, like an hour there, hour back. So that was six more weeks at home. So I, I thought about all, all this stuff and you know, the Red Sox never came up with a contract until I agreed with the Yankees. <laughs> so that's how that all worked. It was tough. but two thousand and nine made it worthwhile. I mean if i um, when I went to the Yankees in two thousand and six, the Red Sox finished in fourth place that year. so I was very happy about it and we won our division and then the next year the Red Sox went out, spent a lot of money on. Ice K, uh, J.D. Drew, and they win the World Series, you know. Sitting back, not too happy about it. And and the fact that we went out, spent some money in 2009 to get Burnett, CC, and Tex, I mean, it made it worthwhile. I mean, just adding a guy like Tex in our lineup instantly made us one of the best lineups of all time.
1: You mentioned Tex. You've played with so many great players, Manny and Norma. You mentioned some of them. Um, Anybody that you played with that sticks out in your mind that may not be an obvious choice for people? I
0: mean, Mike Sweeney, Jermaine Dye. I mean, they were like my, my brothers. Like we, Our college years were spent on the Kansas City Royals. So that's how much love I have for those guys. Um, yeah, there's always those underrated guys and those guys who – uh, show up for a couple years, and then the league figures them out. But I was very fortunate to play for some very great managers, um, uh, great teammates, and you know, you're, you're fortunate to go out there and win championships. And I was fortunate to win two in 18 years, and that's, um, of course, I would have loved to win more. But uh, you know, I'll definitely take these two and um, enjoy it and. Um, I mean, 2004 was such a great year. It made so many people happy. And I know what the world's going through right now. It's uh, absolute chaos. And um, 2009, I mean, it's been a long time for the Yankees. And, you know, it's kind of tough to replace guys like Matsui and myself in the lineup because now you have to change your lineup every day with a right-handed – Hander pitches or left-hander pitches, um, the lineup flip-flops all the time. But when uh, us two were there and, and can know, I mean, we hit right-handers, we hit left-handers. So we didn't really have to change uh, the lineup at all.
1: Well, Johnny, you know, 2,700-plus hits, 1,100-plus RBIs. Uh, just a fantastic career, and, and and more than that, you're a true gentleman of the game, and I, I can't thank you enough for joining me here on BT Talks Baseball.
0: Absolutely, Brett. Take care. Happy New Year.
1: Same to you. Thanks, Johnny.